millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code gold to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future go to noblegoldinvestments.com now noblegoldinvestments.com this performance may not be indicative of future results investing in precious metals including gold involves risks consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. I mean, it's been a heck of a year so far, hasn't it, guys? I feel like I knew it was going to be lit, but I just didn't quite expect it to be so off the chain. Hunter Biden made a surprise appearance in Congress today. No doubt he was thumbing his nose at the congressional subpoena. He, his allies in the Democrat Party, and of course his father's regime, all decided not to take part in. And when it came time to getting called out by some strong Republican females, well, he really was not having it. that there's a ton of other stuff going on believe me i have a full show for you packed in big updates in the fanny willis fiasco pj corrigan i am live today right now tell pj to uh refresh so sit back relax grab your popcorn and we'll be right back after this my friends 
Gold is on the rise. It just soared past $2,000 an ounce. And the wars in Israel and the Ukraine, plus the rate cuts that are on the table, well, all of these things are working together to help fuel the meteoric rise of this beautiful, precious metal. And the top banks, Deutsche Bank, UBS, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, all of them are forecasting sizable rate cuts coming up in the election year. And you've got the heads of the top financial firms pointing out the similarities to what we see in America now in the 1970s. Take a look back at 1979. At that time, we had the Iran hostage crisis. There was war in the Middle East, and major U.S. cities were in disarray and stagflation. At that time, gold went from $158 an ounce in 1974 to $850 an ounce in 1980. Meanwhile, our national debt is skyrocketing even higher. There's a direct correlation between the national debt and the price of gold. Back in 2020, the U.S. debt was at $23 trillion and gold was $1,500 an ounce. Well, now in 2023, it's $33 trillion and gold is over $2,000 an ounce. Now, President Trump, he warned us the U.S. dollar no longer being the world standard will be our greatest defeat in 200 years. So you can call the proud Americans of the Patriot Gold Group today before it's too late. Remember to mention me, Zach Payne, and Red Pill News. And when you do, you will always get best-in-class service from Patriots Protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has the no-fee-for-life IRA, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you might be eligible for the no-fee-for-life IRA. It's available on qualifying rollovers, and to find out if you do qualify, give them a call today at 888-857-6092 and get your free investor guide today. Once again, Patriot Gold Group is a consumer affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer for seven years in a row. Call them today at 888-857-6092. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I sincerely appreciate you being here with us today. If you wouldn't mind, if you have not yet, please consider or just go ahead and do it. Hit the like button. Hit the share button. Share this out there on your favorite socials, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, uh, or I guess X or Facebook or whatever it might be. It would really help out the show. means a lot to me, guys. It really helps us with the continuing mission of, of exposing corruption and bringing truth and forcing truth from the mainstream media. Now, I hope you have your 2024 bingo cards ready because another one just came out. And this is not something that I had predicted on myself. But if you had predicted that perhaps an office of the U.N. would be shutting down this year, well, then uh, you are ahead of me because that's exactly what happened. The Brussels Times is reporting that the United Nations is temporarily closing its headquarters in Geneva due to a lack of funds. I guess this is what happens when you destroy the global economy uh, and you force every member nation to dump what remaining money they have into fixing the problems that have been caused by non-governmental organizations such as the United Nations. Let me say thank you to Penny. She says, hey, Zach, Rumble finally added the feature where folks can like from their TVs on Apple TV and Roku. No excuses not to like the videos now. Did you hear that? If you're watching on Apple TV or you're watching on Roku, 
You can now like the show from the comfort of your recliner or the comfort of your chair or maybe even the comfort of your bed. Wherever you are now, if you're watching the show on every single platform, if it's on TV, if it's on your your, your pad, your tablet, if it's on your phone, you are now required to hit that like button. So I'm just I'm going to test this out, guys, because I'm actually watching this live right now. Seventy six likes over a thousand people here. Let me just hit the refresh button. 109. Come on, you guys. Please help a brother out. I would sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. If you're at home watching on Roku, you guys have no more excuses. Now you have to hit the like button. All right. So listen to this. Brussels, Geneva. This is the global European headquarters of the United Nations. It's known as the Palace of Nations, and it's going to remain closed for the first portion of this month until the 12th of January. This is because there is a liquidity crisis within the organization, and uh, as a result, they have to decide how are we going to be able to actually spend the money that we do have. So they are prioritizing other things outside of physical infrastructure costs. So they are going to be economizing electricity, heat, and then, of course, maintenance. So that means that the people who would otherwise be working there, keeping this building up, are they're not going to be working and they're going to lose out on a couple of weeks pay. Now, there are a couple of different reasons why this is happening. First of all, soaring energy crises. First of all, soaring energy prices is uh, the first reason. And you could look directly at the global conflict between Russia and the NATO-aligned nations of the West uh, to see why that's happening. And then also, of course, the Agenda 2030 goals of essentially going to a carbon-free economy, Joe Biden's regime stopping production virtually altogether, of fossil fuels here in the United States of America. Meanwhile, China's gobbling them up. They are spending and burning more coal than anybody else on the face of planet Earth, even more than the United States was at its peak. And of course, Russia is selling all kinds of gas, but they just can't send it to the nations uh, that are aligned with NATO. So the United Nations is between a rock and a hard place. They are forced to buy the most expensive fossil fuels, petroleum products, we'll say, because it's not really from fossils. But that required them to shut down as of December 20th until January 12th. Now, there is also another reason. And that would be because the United States and most of the member nations of the United Nations simply have not paid their dues. They don't have the money to expend on something that is absolutely worthless, totally unnecessary. Uh, of course, they are going to continue along with some employees working remotely. That means that people are going to be zooming in if they've got a meeting about how they're going to be destabilizing this nation or that, or maybe trying to implement some new carbon cutting measures in some up and coming third world nation. But the cash flow problems from their 50 various countries that are part of this organization uh, are really at the top of the heap because these contributions are not coming in because each one of these nations is facing its own crisis. They are facing crises that are are at their front doorstep. And the people of these countries, uh, they've got to come first. The United Nations has got to come second. Uh, and as far as I know, this is the first time in history that the United Nations has been forced to shut down for a period such as this. Uh, I don't know of any other time in history where every single country was unable to pay their dues or that gas prices were as high as they are right now. They are as high as they have ever been, and they are only climbing higher. So that's definitely one that you can put on your bingo scorecard. 
Now, we have an update for you on the situation with the Epstein files, because although the Epstein files that were due to come out from the Jeffrey Roberts, uh, excuse me, uh, Virginia Roberts, Jeffrey and Ghislaine Maxwell trial, they have concluded. However, there are still little tidbits of information that are coming out as a result of that. And I'd like to begin with a, uh, a recent dig that was taken at Donald Trump. Mark Ruffalo shared on X some AI-generated images of President Trump with some young girls on Jeffrey Epstein's Lolita Express plane. Now, those, of course, being uh, artificial intelligence-generated images, uh, they must have been, I guess, difficult to discern from an, an actual photo, although I feel like I'm savvy enough I can tell the difference. There are some telltale signs that you can look at an image like that, and you'll pretty much tell right away that it's not a real photograph. However, Mark Ruffalo is not the sharpest uh, stick in in the bag here. Uh, and Donald Trump took him to task. He said these were AI. He said, I've never been to Epstein Island. I've never been on Epstein's plane. And that right there is where people took issue with. Let's actually begin first by listening to a, a, a firsthand witness account of Donald Trump's character. We've spoken about Donald Trump's contentious relationship with the mob before. It's likely that in the 1980s when he was in Atlantic City uh, and also while he was operating in New York that he probably worked with the FBI of that era to help take down certain aspects of the mob. And then, of course, Donald Trump was also the only person in the elite and wealthy circles that Jeffrey Epstein ran that was willing to help out authorities and, and to do what was needed to help put Jeffrey Epstein away. He's also the only person who had a past association with Epstein. And uh, once Jeffrey Epstein was outed as a pedophile, he completely cut him out of his life. And then Donald Trump exposed him as a pedophile in 2002, well before Jeffrey Epstein pled guilty to the solicitation of minor children and then spent 13 months on house arrest and uh, sleeping at night in the Palm Beach County Jail. So this is a clip of Sammy the Bull Gravano, and he's talking about his attempts to try to turn Donald Trump when he was in the mafia, working with the unions, trying to put pressure on Donald Trump to come into their organization. But it never worked because Donald Trump is an honest man. And as Sammy the Bull says, he was infallible. Let's take a listen. You actually try to press up on Trump, but you could never get to him. Yeah. Because he had ex-FBI agents all around him? All the time. And I tried a couple of times to press him and make arrangements where I could work with him and, and earn with him. I did that with other big contractors. I had the power of the unions. I could do all kinds of little things, but I couldn't get to him. He wouldn't bite. Mm. He just wouldn't bite. He he didn't want to do anything like that. And there was layers of people in the middle. One of my guys said, we'll go up to the office. I said, we'll go up to the office. Everybody around him is an ex-FBI agent. We'll go up to the office, we'll get cuffed, and we'll go right to prison. <laughs> so forget about Trump. He's a legitimate guy. He don't want to do it. Forget about Trump. You actually. So Donald Trump is now and always has been a legitimate businessman. He has run in the same circles as all of these elite criminals in politics and business and industry, but he never actually took part in any of their criminal schemes. He truly is a self-made man, and he's always done the right thing. Now, the fact that he had former FBI agents around him working for him, that tells me that what Donald Trump was involved in is a total honest trade. 
So the good people who were for, formerly at the FBI, when they left, they would go work for Donald Trump to give him the, the greatest layer of protection that they possibly could. And if we believe that Donald Trump has been groomed for the position of the U.S. presidency, then it would make sense that he would have a continued support structure of good government individuals, people who were either current or former federal employees who understood the dirty nature of politics and the way that the government worked, and they protected him, and they helped him to maintain his squeaky clean image because that was necessary for him when he finally did run for president. And we've witnessed over the last nearly, gosh, you know, it's eight, nine years, something like that, where they've tried to impugn Donald Trump's character. They've tried to paint him as some sort of criminal mastermind. But he's not a criminal mastermind. He hasn't had any illegal things that he's done. Even when they got his taxes, he paid more than he was supposed to. And everybody else around him, they're the ones who are committing the crimes. They're the ones who are projecting their own crimes onto Donald Trump. So Donald Trump is honest, and Donald Trump truly does have the best interests of the American people in mind. But you know who does not have the best interests of America, or more specifically, children in mind? That would be the pedo mainstream media journalists, such as those working at NBC, ABC, maybe CBS, maybe even Politico. Now, the reason I say that is because so many mainstream media journalists have been busted as pedos. We've had a number of producers at CNN. We've had a number of journalists in very recent times, the former editor at The Recount. These people, unrepentant pedophiles, the types of people who would traffic children across state lines so they could abuse them, drug them, take pictures of them, and share them with their sick pedo allies. Now, Politico has just written an article mocking the people of the America First movement, saying that MAGA conservatives are obsessed with conspiracy theories about the Epstein list and child trafficking. We're not obsessed with the Epstein list and child trafficking. What we are is passionate about getting justice for children who have been trafficked by evil sick, satanic billionaires like Jeffrey Epstein and the people that he hung out with, people like, I don't know, Bill Clinton, Al Gore, Richard Branson, Prince Andrew, you know the names, and the list goes on and on. So for Politico to attack us, for Politico to call our our character into question because we are passionate about ensuring that children are safe, that the children of America can grow up without the fear of being kidnapped, raped, and murdered, I take great offense to that. They recently have spent the last several years with their own obsession, the obsession surrounding the idea of Russia collusion. So it looks to me like, once again, in the same way that the Democrats project their own crimes onto Donald Trump, Politico projects their own insecurities onto the America First movement because they were obsessed with a conspiracy theory. They were obsessed with something that did not have any basis in fact and was never proven or borne out in any manner at all. In fact, the real Russia collusion was done by Hillary Clinton and her own campaign. The real Russia collusion was done between Hillary Clinton and her State Department when she allowed the the Uranium One deal to go through. 
when she stacked the CFIUS organization to allow for the strategic sell-off of U.S. uranium reserves. That sounds like a conspiracy to me because people like Hillary Clinton, uh, also Robert Mueller, uh, many others in the administration at that time, they were all involved and they all knew exactly how dangerous that was. But maybe, just maybe, the Russians had some information about those people being sick and unrepentant pedophiles. Maybe they were going to be exposed. Maybe they threatened to expose Bill Clinton for liking young girls and spending time at Epstein Island some 26 times on Jeffrey Epstein's various planes. <clears throat> and over the last several years, I'd say that we have a pretty good record on, quote, conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories of today are merely the spoiler alerts of tomorrow, because when they call it a conspiracy theory, it just means it's something that they want to cover up. It's a conspiracy, all right, but the only theorizing that's being done is them in their smoky back rooms trying to figure out how they can disparage the idea of their own crimes in the mainstream media getting their marching orders, their morning white papers from the Central Intelligence Agency or perhaps other intelligence agencies from around the world. So take a listen to this story. A day before the so-called Epstein list was supposed to drop, and let's also be clear, it was the mainstream media that was calling it the Epstein list. Okay, I've been saying on this channel talking about these documents, it was a document dump. In the form of witness testimony, statements surrounding Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, the crimes they committed against children and the people who committed those crimes along with them. It wasn't a list, but it was ABC News. It was Politico. It was the mainstream mockingbird media that was calling it a list. But they said that far-right conspiracy theorists buzzed with excitement about the expectation that it would crucify prominent figures of the left for their involvement in sex trafficking. Well, Politico, it actually has done just that. You see, the crimes that Ghislaine Maxwell actually committed that were contained in this information, yeah, those are the same crimes that your beloved figures, prominent figures on the left, were involved in. Even if those people weren't actively raping children, the fact that they were present on Jeffrey Epstein's island with the power and influence that they held witnessing Jeffrey Epstein or others raping children or doing God knows what else to them, they themselves are criminally liable. It's a wildly popular notion that in the world where Pizzagate and QAnon fantasies run rampant, these aren't fantasies, okay? First of all, you don't know what you're talking about. Once again, this is just an attempt to cobble something together that doesn't exist to try to defame an entire movement of people who are paying attention to what's really happening in the world. Pizzagate, you don't even know what Pizzagate is. Pizzagate's a name that was given specifically to the information contained in the John Podesta emails, the references and code words related to pizza which is known to the FBI to be code for the molestation of children in a variety of forms. It's not a conspiracy. It's not a fantasy. These things happened. Okay, just because you refuse to report on them in an honest manner doesn't make them fantasy. The only fantasizing that I see Politico is you and your ilk trying to spin 
what is quite literally the biggest story of the century, you would rather sit there and continue to crow about fake-ass Russia collusion, ignoring the fact that right now the children are being trafficked. Jeffrey Epstein was a prolific child trafficker. He ran a blackmail operation that the United States government benefited from. And the only one of his co-conspirators to be tried and imprisoned is Ghislaine Maxwell. Tell me how that makes any sense. So they continue. The truth, of course, was far different. The material made public in federal court last week, with more now being released, wasn't some kind of Epstein client list as had been speculated online. It was actually documents from a court case filed by one of Epstein's victims that did include people's names, but provided little new information on whether they knew or participated in Epstein's heinous crimes. Well, once again, a big swing and a miss, because it actually did specify some pretty relevant details, including Bill Clinton's knowledge and participation in the molestation of children. Also, the presence of Al Gore on the island. Oh, how about this? What about those sex tapes? The sex tapes contained on USB drives that are spread out in a dead man switch all across Europe, just in case something happens to Sarah Ransom. Now, Sarah Ransom, She's the one who had given a a number of individual pieces of testimony. All right. She had at one point or perhaps it was her friend who stated that Donald Trump had been involved in abusing her. She recanted that one specific element of her testimony, but she never recanted her testimony about Bill Clinton, about Prince Andrew or about Richard Branson and Sarah Ransom is doubling down on the fact that those tapes exist. She appeared this morning on Good Morning Britain, or yesterday morning, rather, uh, and we've got some details on that in the form of her appearance. Let's go ahead and uh, take a listen. we got to watch on X, so let me pull that up for you. ...that everything was recorded. Multiple victims have come forward confirming my account along with others. I've also seen recordings in his office. Ransom retracted her allegations in 2016 and reportedly said she invented the tapes to draw attention to Epstein's behavior. All the individuals you've named have denied these claims. Why did you backtrack on the allegations? In the time that I was with Epstein, um, Ghislaine Maxwell, amongst others, regularly enforced that if I ever did come forward, Myself and my family would be harmed. It's no secret. So she had her life threatened. And that's why she initially retracted her statement about Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Richard Branson. No one has ever made any credible uh, allegations against Donald Trump. Sarah Ransom here has the goods, and these people know it. So, continuing with just a little bit more information... Richard Branson has responded through his organization. In a New Yorker report published in 2019, Ransom admitted she had invented the tapes. We can confirm that Sarah Ransom's claims are baseless and unfounded. What else would you expect someone suspected of such a heinous crime to say? In that same 2019 New Yorker article, Ransom told me she had invented the tapes to draw attention to Epstein's behavior and to make him believe she had evidence that would come out if he harmed me. 
On Tuesday, the day after the files were released, she doubled down and said those videos do exist. These people know they exist, and I'm sure they're very frightened of them being released. It's no secret that everything was recorded. And I take you back to the time when Jeffrey Epstein's various properties were being raided and totes of, of hard drives upon hard drives upon hard drives were being removed from those homes. <clears throat> and, of course, the FBI also left at least one of those properties uh, vacant for several weeks, which allowed people to come in and clear them out. Also, the day before the Palm Beach raid, someone came through and got a bunch of stuff out of there. So what the FBI was able to gather is merely the tip of the iceberg. There is probably a lot more heinous stuff. Now, for Andrew, Prince Andrew, I mean, he had to step away from private life. He he gave Virginia Jaffray millions of dollars. He settled that lawsuit with her. And that essentially implicates his own guilt in this entire sordid affair. If you did not, first of all, he's a freaking royal, okay? He's got money. If you did not engage in this kind of behavior, then why would you just pay it and make it go away? As a member of the royal family, certainly, Andrew, you would have the power to take on one lonely woman who does not come from the same level of wealth and means as yourself. You could have beat her. You could have beat those allegations. By paying that money, you indicate that you have some culpability in exactly what she claimed you did. And I'd say those pictures do not bode so well for you either. Alan Dershowitz, on the other hand, he fought this tooth and nail, and he got Virginia Jaffray to withdraw her claims and say, hey, I was mistaken. It wasn't you. Now, whatever you think about Alan Dershowitz, I'm certain that Virginia Jaffray was probably used and abused by hundreds, if not many more thousands of men during the time that she was with Jeffrey Epstein. We also, uh, well, actually, before I pull up, Another co-conspirator of Jeffrey Epstein. I've got to get into the, uh, the 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 story about Donald Trump and not being on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. <clears throat> so on Truth Social, he retweeted the post from Mark Ruffalo and said, this is what Democrats do to their Republican opponents, who is leading them by a lot in the polls. This is A.I., It's very dangerous to our country. I was never on Epstein's plane or his stupid island. Strong laws ought to be developed against AI. It's a big and very dangerous problem in the future. So we know that Donald Trump was on a plane owned by Jeffrey Epstein. What a lot of people fail to realize is that the Lolita Express was not the only plane that Jeffrey Epstein owned. Uh, If we look at the actual trips that Donald Trump took on one or more of Jeffrey Epstein's plane, Uh, First of all, uh, in uh, 1995, he and an 11-year-old Eric Trump and the rest of his family, they took a flight with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. It looks like they went to uh, perhaps Dallas and then on to the Philippines. There must have been some sort of uh, family trip. This was on a Gulfstream 2, a Grumman Gulfstream 2, which is a private plane, but it's not a 727. It's a completely different plane. And then there's also the trips that he took in uh, 1994 uh, and then again in 1997. So we have trips in 93, uh, four times in 93, three times in 94, once in 95, and then once in 1997. Now, 
I know that on at least one of those trips, it was not the Lolita Express. And I did some background to find out when Jeffrey Epstein purchased that Boeing 727. Now, the tail number, when registered to Jeffrey Epstein, N908JE, that was registered January 25th of 2001. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. That was well after Donald Trump had ever flown with Jeffrey Epstein, either to and from New York uh, and Palm Beach or anywhere else. Uh, And every single time it appears that he was with family of some sort. So it appears to me that 2001 is when Jeffrey Epstein bought the Lolita Express and dubbed it the Lolita Express uh, because that's when he registered that tail number with it. That plane had been around since the 1960s. 1969 is when it was built. I actually have an article here. 
which shows us what this plane used to look like. Let's take a look here. So, interestingly enough, this plane is still sitting around. It's been chilling on the tarmac since 2016. Um, as soon as Donald Trump was elected, Jeffrey Epstein stopped flying the Lolita Express. Uh, it looks to me like the Lolita Express was the plane that was used when they were taking kids, uh, when they needed a lot of room, and uh, when they were going someplace with uh, a lot of their friends. Likely for smaller trips to various regional airports, if Jeffrey was flying and he offered other people flights, then he was probably on one of his smaller private jets. And it looks to me that these were the ones that Donald Trump flew on. So when Donald Trump said, I was never on Epstein's plane, I think he was specifically referring to the Lolita Express. Now, taking a look, you've, well, first of all, you've seen this picture before. Ghislaine Maxwell flashing her tatas at Jeffrey Epstein and Jean-Luc Brunel. Uh, oh, also, those pictures that came out the other day with uh, Nadia Marcinkova and Jeffrey and an unknown man. That guy was a, a, a British lord from the House of Lords. I, I forgot his name. I had it written down and I, I lost it. But that's pretty notable. That's, a, that's another uh, British connection that I think we can dig into. Here's what the plane looked like when Jeffrey Epstein bought it. It wasn't even actually updated until 2014. I got to say, it's it's pretty swanky. I really uh, dig this retro styling that they had here. And then, of course, here's the uh, the bedroom. Oh, look, he's got baby oh, baby lotion. The implications of that are just a little bit disturbing. Here you can see some sort of dining area. And this is looks like another bedroom, another lounge where people can hang out, have a seat. Here's one of the bathrooms, some wood trim. Here's the inside of the cockpit. I just want to say big props to uh, any any pilots who know how to fly these older planes because I'm looking around at how many buttons and switches there are and the size of the text. I mean, I would be lost. There's no way. If I had to fly a plane like this, uh, I, would, I would die pretty quickly. Oh, and here's Bill. Here's Bill Clinton smoking a cigar. I wonder if... Uh, Monica Lewinsky got that one for him. Here we have Donald Trump. This is the flight from uh, 1994 uh, when he and uh, and Marlo Maples and a couple of his kids, Tiffany, I believe, was there with uh, with the nanny. This is when they flew uh, to uh, to Dallas, I believe. And then this is Donald Trump and uh, and Jeffrey Epstein. Now, here's the thing. The mainstream media, they never make any specific delineation between the Lolita Express, the 727, and all of Jeffrey Epstein's other private jets. Uh, But every single plane was not the Lolita Express. The Lolita Express was this 727. Now, definitely, definitely, take a look here. You can see this. We have uh, President William Clinton. And if you take a look over on the left, you can see that it actually denotes that it is a 727. Uh, that is the type of plane that they were flying on with that one. So I think it's entirely possible that Donald Trump never flew on the Lolita Express and uh, that he was telling the honest-to-God truth when he said that on Truth Social. So if anybody else challenges you on that, you let them know, hey, I checked it out. Lolita Express wasn't even registered until 2001. 
January 25th, 2001. That's public record. You can find it. Donald Trump, last time he flew on any of Jeffrey Epstein's planes, that was in 1997. All right, let me just say thank you to Just Duckies, who says much love and happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you as well. Filter Dog One, thank you very much for the can. Appreciate you. And let me see here. Oh, this was just uh, where I got the information about uh, the flight with Eric Trump. August 13th, 1995. They flew from Palm Beach to Teterboro. And uh, I don't think anybody here believes that Donald Trump uh, would be, you know, abusing his children. Uh, of course not. I mean, he's he's not Joe Biden. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, and of course, there is nothing to indicate that Donald Trump ever went to the island. He never did. No records of that. Nobody ever saw him there. And all of the testimony that came out from this Maxwell Jeffrey trial, every single piece of it that in, indicates Donald Trump's name totally exonerates him. Donald Trump is exonerated. Bill Clinton is a pedophile. Uh, he is reported to be someone who likes young girls. He lied about the number of times he flew on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. He lied about the fact that he went to the island. Virginia Jeffrey also said that uh, Al Gore was there. I think that was the first time that I'd ever heard that. And then let me see. Oh, yes, there is. Uh, there's also somebody else who went to that island that I had never heard of before. Or I had never heard of in the sense that they had been to uh, parties of Jeffrey Epstein's. I guess she didn't go to the island, but she frequented some of the social gatherings that Jeffrey Epstein uh, was involved in with Ghislaine Maxwell and a trafficked Virginia Roberts Jeffrey. Did they take the story down? Wow, did they take the... No, here it is. And guess who it is? It was the ex-girlfriend of one Bob Menendez, New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez. Take a look at this. This was um, back in uh, 2010 that they dated. So Gwendolyn Beck is her name. She's 65 today, but she was a longtime associate, a money manager for Jeffrey Epstein. So she saw how much money Jeffrey had. And she likely knew exactly where it was coming from because she was engaging in orgies with Jeffrey and Ghislaine and these young girls. And Virginia Jeffrey was there. So she's identified as number seven in Virginia Jeffrey's testimony. She said, I wasn't trafficked to her. She was just part of some of the trafficking. So the attorney asks, what was Gwendolyn Beck's exact involvement? Well, she was involved in some of the orgies. And again, this is when Virginia Jeffrey was a teenager. Now, I've never been involved in an orgy. <laughs> I don't really know how these things go. But I, I have to believe that there's no, like, accidental sex with minors in the midst of an orgy. Like, you know, I, I, I feel like as an adult... When you're around people who are adults, it's pretty obvious that they are of the same maturity level uh, in a number of different ways. And, you know, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. When, when you're an adult, you can relate to another adult the same. Somebody who's a kid, it's not the same thing. I mean, it, it's like you're someone in a position of power and authority. 
Okay, that child is, should be addressing you with respect and with uh, uh, deference, right? I guess kids are different nowadays. Maybe they're a bunch of uh, bunch of bastards. <laughs> Pardon me, not all of them, but a lot of them. This generation is lost <laughs> to some people. But you're just not going to show up at an orgy, and there's a bunch of teenage girls there, and you're not going to notice it. So I, 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 t- I tend to believe that Gwendolyn Beck knew exactly what was going on. So the attorney asks, what gentlemen were involved in the orgies with you and Miss Beck? As far as I can recall, Jeffrey Epstein, she states. So it's unclear exactly when the orgies took place. All we do know is that it's when Virginia Jaffray was being trafficked. But Gwendolyn Beck and Senator Bob Menendez were dating in 2010. Um, and that was when Virginia Jaffray had already escaped and she was married and living in Australia. Now, she was reached out to for comment. She hasn't specifically uh, said anything about it at this time, but she has commented on her relationship with Epstein since he was uh, arrested and, and put on the sex offender list. But so Beck was previously photographed a number of times also with Epstein, uh, with Maxwell at Mar-a-Lago in 1995. So it sounds like she was part of that Palm Beach circle of elites and. Uh, she was then pictured again five years later in 2000 uh, with Epstein, Prince Andrew, and then uh, Trump's girlfriend at the time, Melania Noss. Isn't that weird that Donald Trump dated two women named Melania? I've never met a single woman named Melania. I guess maybe it's a popular name in Eastern Europe. I don't know. So... She actually ran for Congress in 2014, and when you know it, Jeffrey Epstein donated to her campaign. Obviously, 2014, that's, you know, seven years after Jeffrey Epstein pled guilty to the solicitation of minors. The same minors that Gwendolyn Beck likely would have been having sex with in these orgies. But he donated about uh, uh, nearly $13,000 to her campaign, $12,600. And guess what? It was his only political contribution that year. So that indicates to me that the relationship between Beck and Epstein was more than just a casual association. Here they are again at Mar-a-Lago. I guess that would be the Melania number one. I guess we'll call, you know, now we'll say this is the imposter Melania. And then, of course, you got Jeffrey Epstein there. You got Ghislaine Maxwell looking smart with that short haircut. And then Gwendolyn Beck right there on the right. So at that time, Beck said, you know, I reached out to a number of billionaires in my Rolodex. And uh, I just happened to accept the donation from Epstein out of forgiveness. And this is, of course, because he had been convicted of having sex with minors and he spent time in jail, although probably the easiest 13 months anybody's ever done in jail. And then, of course, he was branded a sex offender forever thereafter. But she said, I haven't spoken personally with him in years. But during my years at Morgan Stanley, she was a banker. Back in 1995, I managed a portion of his investment funds, small portion, about $65 million. And I knew him personally back then. Now, while the press has tagged him as a man of mystery because they can't explain how he made his money, it's mostly a combination of real estate and complex derivatives. Hmm. Complex. Is he selling derivatives on uh, groups of children that he's trafficking to the rich and powerful elites? Uh, I would have to say, can you can you write off blackmail, blackmail payments as real estate or derivatives? I don't know. But she said at the time he had a girlfriend he was close to and he was hardworking, thoughtful. 
He comes from a poor background, and he made a lot of money really fast. Thank God for Les Wexner, I guess, right? I think he went off the deep end when she left. I left Morgan Stanley by this time and had no relationship with them, and got involved in very bad behaviors, which he sought therapy for and paid his time in jail. I, th- I don't think Jeffrey Epstein, like, really had any sort of remorse about being a child trafficker or a pedophile, uh, because it seems like he continued to do that right up until the time that he was uh, arrested and then summarily executed in jail. Oh, here he is with Melania number two. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I guess Melania Noss. That's that's her, her maiden name. Oh, how weird. Okay, so yes, this is definitely the same Melania. You can tell from her radiant smile. And, of course, that's Prince Andrew. You can tell from that that wide, uh, wide gaping mouth because he laughs like a horse. And then there is Gwendolyn Beck. And then there is Jeffrey Epstein, probably just counting the money in his head. She said, although humanly flawed, he can be a great asset to our nation because he understands finance on a level most people can't comprehend. I suppose he was moving a lot of money. More money than most people see in a lifetime. So anyway, she lost her her, her congressional bid, uh, and she dated Bob Menendez. Now, Bob Menendez is also notable because, you know, he has been named publicly as somebody who uh, was soliciting children while in the Dominican Republic. Um, and uh, he's never paid for that crime. And uh, he was, he's been accused of all kinds of corruption throughout the years. So maybe they're going to get him this time. Maybe not. We'll see. But he's not going anywhere until they actually slap some cuffs on him. Uh, so we also have this interesting clip from uh, a man uh, who wrote a book that someone just recently sent me. His name is Seamus Bruner. And he wrote that book that I showed you guys a couple weeks ago, Controligarchs. I actually found his Twitter, and I reached out to him on Twitter. But he has uh, some excellent insight as to why we haven't seen the sorts of prosecutions or That's right. if there's no- widespread arrests within the federal government and the structures of power uh, inside the United States. And I, I think he's dead on, so I wanted to play it for you. Let's go ahead and listen. Arms deal, then you charge both both entities, right? There's the dealer and then there's the people buying and the dealer wouldn't have any, the dealer needs a customer. The customer is also committing a crime. It's all illegal. And so you, you, you sanction both of them or you, you blow both of them. You know, like you go after both of them militarily, depending on what the trade is. Even if it's just a drug deal, the using of the drugs is also illegal. The drug dealer has no, he has no business unless there's a user, right? And maybe he creates the user. Uh, through those practices. Either way, the user is a part of that transaction and deserves to also be charged in order to shut the entire thing down, right? Yeah, exactly right. And uh, it, there's actually another Clinton connection here. I mean, when Bill Clinton was president, uh, it, his Department of Justice, it was Eric Holder, the deputy attorney general at the time, came out. He basically set it up so that all of the big fish will never fry uh, whether it's this or other huge scandals. If you wonder why the big mm. fish never seem to get caught, they never seem to fry, it's because Eric Holder, when he was in the uh, President Clinton administration, he drafted this memo that reigns supreme at DOJ to this day. It's called the Collateral 
consequences memo. And this memo, I mean, it cannot be overstated how bad this thing is. What it basically said, and it's the policy at the Justice Department, is if the collateral consequences, if the, if the consequences of prosecuting someone uh, have big ripple effects and it can and take down the system. I mean, you were talking about it earlier. The whole system, this could bring down the whole system. And yes. so the collateral consequences memo that Eric Holder drafted uh, says that if the, the consequences could bring down the system, it's best not to prosecute. And so you can bet that that memo is actually what prevents the DOJ in a lot of ways saying, well, it's actually best that we sweep this under the rug. We'll give immunity agreements. You see this uh, like when Hillary Clinton's emails come out and uh, all of her staff have to testify against her. They give them immunity agreements and everybody gets hit with an immunity immunity agreement. And so the DOJ and the FBI, they find out what's going on. They gain the control and the leverage over people, but then they never prosecute. And so that memo. So they essentially use the guilt of these people as leverage for future news and reasons, anything that they can use it for in the future, blackmail operation at its finest, and and they just don't prosecute. They give everybody immunity. I mean, this is a familiar story. You guys have heard this, but this is the first time I've heard about this specific memo because it details the exact reasoning behind why we see what we see. So this is clearly something that has to be addressed within the Justice Department if we hope to get justice going into the future. Because as it stands right now, they prosecute somebody like me, they prosecute somebody like you. Sure, there is far-reaching consequences within your personal life, but it's not at the federal government level. They can do whatever they want because they just want to continue to perpetuate the system, that system that benefits them. It doesn't benefit us. It benefits them and their cronies. And so they just continue to plug away, allowing the people in the government, the elites of America, the American oligarchs, to commit as many crimes as they like, just as criminal as you please. And this is exactly why. I found that to be fascinating. All right, you guys, do me a favor. We have to take a break for the second half of the show. If you uh, wouldn't mind, please hit that like button before we come back on the other side of the break. We'll see you in a second. So recently, I've told you guys about a breakthrough new anti-aging remedy that I've been using that keeps me energized all day long. I just take a teaspoonful of C60 Evo olive oil in the morning, and I notice better mental focus, flexibility, and physical endurance. Now, it's rare to feel improvements this quickly. I also end up sleeping deeper at night, so it's really helpful. Their peptide and ESS60 hair and lotion renewal formulas are exceptional because they really work. And C60 Evo's lab has been manufacturing this Nobel Prize winning miracle molecule for 32 years in their Houston, Texas Patriot owned lab. ESS60 is the upgraded version of the carbon 60 molecule. It's specifically made for both people and pets. It's a potent and effective way for people's lives to be improved all around the world. So maximize your health and enjoy noticeable results with C60 Evo organic edible oils, skin serums, and pet products. You can buy with confidence from C60 Evo, and you can use my personal code for a discount at checkout. Simply go to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. And then when you're there, use code redpill78 for an additional 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. And we're back. 
All right. Moving on. I think it's about high time we discuss the latest revelations coming out of the election fraud machine that was operating in 2020 back up in my old home state of Michigan. I'm sure you guys remember GBI strategies. Well, uh, we knew uh, several months ago that there were interviews that were done by uh, local police and the state police of GBI Strategies employees. These are the same people who turned in those fraudulent voter registration drives in the uh, the city of Muskegon. And they listed every single city where this organization was operating, not only in Michigan, but also nationwide. So after that report got published and exposed the the uh, organized Democrat attorney general and the Democrat secretary of state and the Democrat governor of Michigan's massive voter fraud operation that was taking place, not to mention the cover up that was in place by the Michigan State Police, the Muskegon Police uh, and any number of different organizations that, that should have put a stop to this thing, FBI included. People started sending in tips, people who had read the story and wanted to help close in any gaps because the information that was out there online was scant at best. We found maybe two pictures of Gary Bell. He's the GB in GBI strategies. So the Michigan State Police redacted the name of the suspect that had their interview recently released. This is the one who dropped off between eight and 10,000 fraudulent voter registration applications at the clerk's office. But there was one spot where they left that name unredacted. What is that name? Uh, where did it go? Ah, Meish. Meish stated that some of the forms were dropped off in person to the Muskegon City Clerk's Office on 10-820 by a black female. The female identified herself as Brianna Hawkins, and she stated she was employed by and or told Meish that her employment entailed registering voters and helping them obtain absentee ballots. Um, she provided Meish with a phone number. Uh, Meish said that she appeared nervous to talk about her employment and said she would need to call her supervisor before answering any additional questions. Sounds like she knew what was happening was illegal. Meish estimated that Brianna and another person, who we are now fairly certain are both GBI strategies and uh, EM or Empower Michigan, uh, and that they had delivered approximately eight to 10,000 voter registration forms to the Muskegon City Clerk's Office and provided a sample of 42 suspected fraudulent applications to Office Foster for examination. Now, in another spot in the report, Michigan Secretary of State Analyst Corey Ames, he claims he had identified a quantity of voter application forms that are clearly fraudulent. But curiously... <clears throat> Mr. Ames never mentions exactly how many of these applications were actually fraudulent. But thank God for FOIA requests, because a curious citizen investigator by the name of Yehuda Miller uh, put in a FOIA. And now we have video evidence of that interview that the Michigan Attorney General's investigator, Stephen Morse, did of a woman who identifies herself as Brianna. She is a resident of Detroit, and she was working as a compliance officer for GBI Strategies. That was when she got caught turning in those fraudulent voter registration applications to Ann Meish, who is the clerk of Muskegon, Michigan. She's the one who contacted the Michigan State Police and A.G. Nessel's office to report the fraudulent activity, and they decided to do nothing about it, or at least they dragged the investigation on long enough that it wouldn't matter if they did or if they didn't. 
So in that video, you can see that the investigator is interviewing Burana uh, about her role in delivering those fraudulent ballot registrations uh, for GBI strategies. Uh, and the uh, interview was done on October 29th, 2020. So it was done before the election of 2020. Once again, clear indication that they could have put a stop to it. And the the obvious obvious takeaway is that they didn't want to do anything about it. I think they already knew that GBI strategies was working and they knew exactly what their plan was. So in the interview, the investigator, Mr. Morse, he asks Brianna when she was hired and she told him she was hired in August of that year, 2020. She then asked uh, how she performed her daily duties and she explained that it's kind of difficult for her to tell if voter registrations are false or not. She's only looking to confirm that the registration forms were properly filled out and if there were any red flags. Uh, he also asked her about who owned GBI Strategies, and she replied, Gary Bell. GBI Strategies owner, Gary Bell, his name was mentioned several times later in the interview. She also told Mr. Morse that GBI Strategies only works in urban areas, but she couldn't explain why. Probably because those areas are a lot easier to steal votes and to inject fraudulent votes into the system. So in the video, she explains how the system was far from foolproof, and it was pretty easy for a canvasser's name to get attached to these registrations that they turn in, made it easy for them to turn in potentially thousands of fraudulent voter applications. And for the record, There have been no arrests made in Michigan related to the GBI strategies, fraudulent voter application grift that they had going on and pretty successfully, I might add. So then in uh, another clip, they ask Brianna uh, about the Muskegon City Clerk Ann Meish and how she contacted them. And she says that she told GBI Strategies uh, that they delivered hundreds of fraudulent voter applications to her office. This was an ongoing thing. The eight to 10,000 that Brianna delivered that one time were simply a, uh, a single drop off, if you will. And if GBI Strategies was operating in urban areas all over Michigan, it's the rust belt in Michigan, guys. There are plenty of areas where GBI strategies could. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill which may never exist. But believe it or not, I may have found the next best thing. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviewers can't be wrong. Simply place your order now to get 51% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com. www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Could have been successfully siphoning off the votes of people who were probably just not going to vote, don't even care, uh, and uh, would have no idea that their names were being used. Or they were just using addresses and stacking it up with people who didn't even live there. She also identified at least 1,000 fraudulent voter registration applications that were found in Michigan. She said, I found a 1,000 false ones in mine. I can only imagine what they, the Muskegon clerk office, found in theirs. I can only imagine. So Brianna was then asked how Gary Bell, the founder of GBI Strategies, responded when he was informed of the massive number of fraudulent registrations that were found in the GBI Strategies office that were brought in all by the people working for him. He actually did not express any concern 
And he told them not to worry about it. He assured them that it was okay, probably because it doesn't matter if they're real voters or not. They're being paid based upon the number of voter registrations that they can get. And if those people don't exist, well, who's going to complain, right? Obviously, the state of Michigan's not going to complain. The inspector, Mr. Morse, asked Brianna how she came to deliver the thousands of registrations directly to the Muskegon clerk's office. She told him it was because they discovered all fraudulent applications were being mailed in from a hotel in Auburn Hills, Michigan. And she was given a promotion by GBI Strategies to go up there and figure it out. So she actually appeared shocked that these registrations were being mailed from a hotel in Auburn Hills, Michigan, to these clerk's offices. And she told the investigator she was confused about why the group EM, or Empower Michigan, uh, which was found as sharing an address with the Michigan Democratic Party headquarters in Lansing, and this is the capital city of Michigan, uh, they were working with GBI strategies to get these new voter registrations, and then they would mail the registrations to the clerk when GBI had an office right there. Sounds like Empower Michigan knew 100% these were fraudulent, and so they were sending them in as a way to circumvent anybody who might actually check them before they showed up at the clerk's office. And Ann Meish, of course, was not the only Michigan clerk to receive these curious packages that were marked Empower Michigan, and not the same ones, uh, not the only one to receive them that were coming from this hotel in Auburn Hills. But... It looks like she's the only one who reported it to the AG's office. So very interesting stuff. You can take a look here. We showed you this a couple of months ago, but we have a series of signatures that all appear to be written by the exact same person. Diamond Anderson, Carrie Tom Tasman, Carrie Tasman, <laughs> Derek Jackson, Jimmy Brown, Lachey Blackman. Didn't even bother to capitalize the B in the last name. And then, of course, uh, we learned about that previously. Uh, so, yes, this has most likely been going on for years. And it goes to show you that the election system in Michigan is so hopelessly broken. Something has really got to change up there if the people living in that state hope to have their votes count for anything. Uh, we need people working in these offices who are going to do the right thing, such as Ann Meish, who are going to refuse to accept voter registrations that are quite obviously fraudulent. We need people who are going to provide that check and balance because the people who take the oath to the Constitution, who vow to protect law and order and to stick up for the rights of the people who truly do live in that state, they have abdicated their duties in the same way that Joe Biden and his regime has abdicated their duties to the United States of America and the people who live here. November cannot come soon enough, and we're either going to take our country back or They're going to force us to take our country back. All right, so time to check in with one Miss Fanny Willis. Not only, not only did Fanny Willis hire her Saul Goodman style personal injury attorney boyfriend with no prosecutorial experience, hire him as the highest paid prosecutor in the state of Georgia task him with taking down Donald Trump, but she also broke up his marriage with his wife. On top of that, it would appear that Nathan Wade, that special prosecutor who's got that big payday and used that money 
coming from the taxpayers of the people of the state of Georgia to take Miss Fannie Willis on a series of Caribbean cruises and probably buy her a whole bunch of other neat things. But it looks like on November 5th of 2021, Wade billed the state of Georgia for 24 hours of work. I guarantee you that Nathan Wade did not work for 24 hours straight. And in that instance, that would be considered fraud. Look at this. Prepared cases for pretrial. November 5th, 2021. Billed to the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. 24 hours at $250 an hour. That's $6,000 for one day. And yes, that would be fraud. So if we take a look at the actual statute in the state of Georgia, 161020, false statements and writing or concealment of facts. You are guilty of this statute if you make a false, fictitious or fraudulent statement or representation or makes or uses any false writings or or document knowing the same to contain any false, fictitious or fraudulent statement or entity in any matter within the jurisdiction of any department or agency of state government or the government of any county. Fulton County being swindled for $6,000 for 24 hours worth of work, which could not have happened. Well, uh, that really puts a, uh, a black eye on this case and, of course, Fannie Willis's boy toy. Now, what else is going on? I mentioned that Fannie Willis likely broke up the marriage of this man, Nathan Wade, and uh, his wife. And it turns out that his ex-wife, or soon-to-be ex-wife, has been paying attention. Maybe she's a subscriber to Red Pill 78, or maybe she just reads the Gateway Pundit. Because Fannie Willis has now been subpoenaed to testify in the divorce case as uh, a result of these allegations being made public. Let's take a look at this. Fannie Willis has been subpoenaed to testify in the divorce proceedings of Nathan Wade, the special prosecutor she appointed to go after former President Trump. Now, according to the court filing, as obtained by the Wall Street Journal, she got this subpoena at her Atlanta office to provide testimony in the divorce case of Nathan Wade and his wife, Jocelyn Wade. The nature of the questions Fannie Willis might face in the deposition remain undisclosed in the subpoena document. I can tell you right now what the nature of those questions are going to be. You see, the day after Nathan Wade filed for divorce from his wife, Fannie Willis hired him to be the highest paid prosecutor in the state of Georgia, again, with no prosecutorial experience. If you've ever seen Breaking Bad, he was a Sam Goodman, Saul Goodman. He was a personal injury attorney. I guarantee you that Jocelyn Wade wants to know the exact timing and nature of Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade's relationship. Now, I mentioned when this story broke that neither Wade nor Willis have publicly commented on the nature of their relationship or the specifics of these allegations uh, that they've been accused of uh, engaging in. Uh, however, once Fannie Willis is put under oath in this uh, subpoena sense uh, and she is forced to give a deposition in the divorce proceedings of Mr. Nathan Wade and Jocelyn Wade, she's either going to be forced to perjure herself or she's going to be forced to admit the activity that she's been involved in. Either one 
spells the end of her career. And I would certainly hope the end of this 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 prosecutorial witch hunt against Donald Trump. So according to the Wall Street Journal, Fannie is still not talking. She's not talking about the affair. She's not talking about the alleged coordination with the White House. She's not talking about the subpoena. But there has been previous acknowledgement from the prosecution team of an intention to respond to allegations regarding an inappropriate relationship between Willis and Wade. And as of the time of the writing of this article, no such response has been recorded either in the media or in court filings. Now, Nathan Wade was contacted and asked for a statement, but he gave a similarly chilly response. He's being mum about the whole thing. Jocelyn Wade also is not commenting. I'm sure she's looking for a big payday. Uh, now, just because Nathan Wade filed for divorce and then picked up the check from Fulton County and Fannie Willis doesn't mean that Jocelyn Wade isn't uh, somehow... Uh, 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 Claim it, that that she would not be able to claim that money because they're still excuse me they're still married, and I know that in Georgia it works much as it does in in other states, uh, and, and especially if Nathan Wade cheated on his wife with Fannie Willis, I don't know why he would do that. I don't know, man. People are weird. Fannie Willis does not look like the kind of person that I imagine someone to be having an affair with, though. Um, so anyways, Mike Roman, I, I still don't know where Mike Roman got this information. I, I, I have to believe it's got to be somebody on the prosecution team. Um, m- maybe it was even um, maybe it was even Jocelyn Wade herself. I mean, who knows? She a woman scorned. You know what they say? She's probably willing to do whatever it takes to destroy Nathan and that homewrecker, Fanny Willis. That gold digging <laughs> so and so. All right. Now, uh, here, take a look at this in regards to that coordination. So Willis and Nathan Wade, uh, we learned that there was a very specific and lengthy meeting with Joe Biden's White House counsel on May 23rd and November 18th, 2022, a total of 16 hours before filing charges against Donald Trump. That means that in the hours before they actually charged Donald Trump with any crimes, they were meeting with Joe Biden's White House counsel. Now, I saw a clip from Newt Gingrich, and he said that the White House, someone from the White House, likely the White House counsel, called Fannie Willis and said, as of Monday, you must indict. This is the weekend Right after all of the revelations about the big ball dropping in the Hunter Biden case came out, the IRS whistleblowers testified. Uh, they testified specifically to the fact that they had been stonewalled, that David Weiss didn't have the power to prosecute. You guys know the story. All of that stuff. The DOJ dropped the ball. It was a big mess. So the White House calls Fannie Willis and they say, guess what? You must indict. And Fannie Willis is like, it's the weekend. I can't get them. I can't get them to uh, uh, even be finished with their proceedings until Tuesday at best. And they said it has to be Monday because we have to overcome the massive screw up that just got exposed in the DOJ. And we need you to indict Donald Trump so that we can then move the news cycle on past this IRS whistleblower story. Well, you, you 
<laughs> you hear that story, and then you look at the timing of their specific specific, very specific meetings with White House counsel, 16 hours before the charges were filed against Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump was charged at what, like 1130 at night. Remember when she, Fannie Willis or somebody from the prosecutor's office accidentally released the indictment before the jury had even returned? So obviously they were getting prepared. They knew that this was going to happen regardless. It was a foregone conclusion. They accidentally released that, probably in an effort to influence the news cycle, because the White House wanted them to indict, needed them to indict, so that they could get past this uh, this cover-up that was taking place at the DOJ. They leaked the preliminary indictment, so that took over the news cycle. And then early in the morning, they were speaking with Fannie, probably telling her to put pressure on the grand jury, and then... When they returned later that day, late at night, they actually released the real indictment. And it was all in coordination with Joe Biden's White House. Very, very interesting stuff. This is you can't get much more corrupt than this. Going back to that date, November 18th, 2022, the White House held an eight hour meeting with Nathan Wade, who was the lead prosecutor hired by Fannie Willis on the same day. Joe Biden's attorney general Thank you so much. Hold on. Who is that? I can't read it from here. Uh, oh, number one Indiana dad. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you for that donation over at co-fi.com forward slash red pill 78. So they held this meeting on November 18th, eight hours long. The very same day, Merrick Garland appoints Jack Smith as special counsel to investigate Donald Trump. The question is, why did Fannie Willis's lead prosecutor bill taxpayers $2,000 to talk to Joe Biden and his White House about prosecuting Biden's leading political opponent? Well, the answer is that the entire operation to take down Donald Trump has been coordinated from within the White House. Jack Smith, the only reason he was hired is because Joe Biden and the the deep state swamp rats and his uh, corrupt political regime, they demanded it. The Biden White House has been coordinating everything since the very beginning, and that is clear to anyone who's been paying attention. It's not surprising to me, but this is in doubt, indeed, a smoking gun here. Uh, this is the visitor logs right here showing that Fannie Willis visited on this date. The appointment was made. The appointment started. The appointment ended. Uh, and uh, there they go. Uh, take a look at this one. February 22nd, Georgia grand jury probe of Trump bid to overturn vote, recommend charges. February 22nd. Okay. Look at that. They're, they're, they're just pop- popping in just to see how things are going. This is uh, the most corrupt administration in the history of America. And the leftoids who simply can't accept it can't get it through their thick skulls that we're dealing with enemies of the people. These are not just the enemies of you and me because we're conservative, because we believe in America, because we're patriots. These people are the the enemies of freedom. These people are the enemies of liberty. They're the enemies of all things that are holy. They don't care about you at all. They don't care about who you vote for. All they care is 
that they get your vote and then they count it for them. Even if you are a leftoid, you're a useful idiot. You're a tool. You're, you're no different than a butter knife to be wielded to slice off a pad of rich, creamy goodness. They'll kill you just as soon as look at you. Hunter Biden. One other critical part of Joe Biden's criminal empire. He showed up in Congress for a surprise appearance today. I don't know that he was invited to appear today, but I'll tell you what, they are still talking about contempt of Congress charges for him. And uh, this was the meeting where they were scheduled to discuss it. It's interesting that he showed up for the meeting where they're discussing whether or not they're going to hold him in contempt, but he couldn't show up for the closed door session where they're going to ask him questions about the crimes he committed. So he obviously was not scheduled to be there, but once he walked into that room, it caused a fair amount of tension, not only between the people on the committee who want to hold him in contempt, of course, uh, also between Democrats and Republicans uh, who sit on it. So let's go ahead and listen to some of these. Uh... Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse going? me, Hunter. Oh, Apparently, you're afraid of my words. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> so we took a tongue lashing from Nancy Mace. And he was willing to sit through that. But as soon as MTG started speaking, he just got up and left. So the the, the question asked by, well, you know what, hang on, I've got the clip of Nancy Mace. Uh, Penny says, hey, Zach, I just got a call. My dad fell and broke his femur and is in the VA emergency room. He's quite frail. Frail. All prayers are appreciated. Oh, man, I am so sorry, Penny. Yeah, definitely. You guys keep Penny's dad in your prayers. The femur is a bad bone to break. And uh, obviously, it's it's just it's that much worse if you're an elderly person. So yes, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Please let me know how this goes. I I hope that he's going to be okay, and I really do hope that the VA takes care of him. Storm Shelter says he was in the room for 17 minutes. I don't doubt it. Uh, I didn't see it. Uh, I mean, I didn't count it. You know, uh, but I believe it. So Nancy Mace, she started out. Uh, she told Hunter that he had no balls. <laughs> Uh, after showing up unexpectedly, here she is with her opening statement, uh, salvo, if you will. I know having a stroke or cardiovascular disease is scary, but insurance usually doesn't cover screenings unless you have... From South Carolina. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, uh, Chairman Comer. Um, first of all, my first question is who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, <laughs> second question, you are the epitome of white privilege coming into the oversight committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here. And <laughs> Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman, um, if the, the lady recognizes, if the general lady wants to hear from, look, look, do you see Ivan back there? Do you, do you see Ivan just smug as can be? Oh man! Oh, Lisa and I were watching these clips of Ivan this morning, and we were just dying. Oh my God! I sent him a message. I, I said, "Dude, you are a living meme." He actually sent me some more footage. <laughs> I forgot to pull it up, but hang on, let's keep watching. And hear from him right now, Mr. And Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from Hunter Biden. What are you afraid of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Because you keep interrupting me. I'll interrupt the chairman. I don't know that he's a lady. How dare you assume his gender? 
I think that uh, that Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now, and go straight to jail. Our nation is founded on the rule of come law. Come on, come on. And the premise come that on. the law applies equally to everyone, no matter what your last Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Point um, of order. It doesn't matter who you are. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Biggs over here. Donald Trump Jr. Biggs over here. Uh, state your point, Mr. Yeah, my, my point of order is this. Are we going to continue on with with this blatant interruption? It, this this is absurd and inappropriate. I intend to give my statement. I don't intend to have anybody interrupt it. Uh, I'm not going to interrupt your statements. I think you should have decorum and courtesy and don't act like a bunch of nimrods. You just interrupted a woman. And, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was standing up for the woman who was being interrupted by the loudmouth Democrat who just doesn't want to allow her to say her piece. What Nancy Mace is saying is very valid. This is a nation of law and order. Without the implications of that law and order, we devolve into something very, very different. And that's exactly what we find ourselves living in today. Our country has been stripped bare. And it's because of those corrupt officials in elected office and in unelected office that sit in Washington, D.C. and dictate to us how we're supposed to live our lives. Because of that doctrine that I told you about earlier in the show, they are relatively certain they can just do whatever the hell they want. Hunter Biden knows he can do whatever he wants. He knows his daddy's going to protect him. He knows that all of the corrupt officials in Washington, D.C. that he smoked crack with or invited hookers over to their homes, he knows that they're not going to go after him because he's got the dirt on them. Hunter Biden, you know, it said Flynn knows where the bodies are buried. I'd say Hunter Biden knows where a couple of bodies are buried, too. I got I can got we, permission. Can we I agree. Did. Everyone has Mr. Chairman, minutes. Can we agree? Point, point of order again. The assertion that I interrupted was absolutely false. That's typical of the gentleman who spoke it. I got permission to speak from the chairman. I spoke. I was interrupted yet again uh, by the gentleman who doesn't choose to go through the chair and follow proper order. I encourage us, I, I, I think if we're going to have any respect at all, we need to have proper decorum. Well, you're well said, well said. I'd like to finish. The rules are everyone's going to be recognized for five minutes. Anyone that wants to be recognized will be recognized for five minutes. Ms. Mace has four minutes and 13 seconds left. Chair recognizes Ms. Mace. It does not matter who you are, where you come from, or who your father is, or your last name. Yes, I'm looking at you, Hunter Biden, as I'm speaking to you. You are not above the law at all. The facts in this case are crystal clear. This committee used and issued a lawful subpoena to Hunter Biden, a critical witness. And Hunter Biden ignored that subpoena. So under the rules of that subpoena, Hunter Biden can be arrested and brought to the basement of the House and held until such time as he agrees to testify. There is no choice in a congressional subpoena. You either submit or you go to jail. So, continuing on, here we go. Nancy Mace ripped into him. You got to love it. This is the point at which Hunter Biden got up and walked out because he simply could not handle the idea of MTG uh, calling him out. First of all, this is Hunter arriving. 
certainly they want to Julie, talk to Hunter behind closed doors. we have these live images right now. We, we see Hunter Biden appearing at the Capitol, just walking through the door. It looks like he's surrounded with his Secret Service team there and, and other members of his entourage. But he is officially at the Capitol as these hearings get underway. We're looking at live images right now as he goes through, it appears, the, the medical the metal detector or nearby the metal detectors. Uh, and we yeah. presume... They don't even make him go through them. They're like, ah, you know, he's probably got a glass crack pipe in his pocket. So it's nothing that we need to worry about. Jamie Raskin, of course, playing cover for the regime, as he always does. Looks like his chemotherapy has uh, concluded successfully. He's no longer wearing the do-rag. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a rug. I- I'm not sure. We uh, would have expired. We would have loved that. Do any other clients? members wish to be heard? Yes. Chair recognizes Miss Mace from South Carolina. Okay, we already heard Nancy Mace. Let's go ahead and uh, get him. Time's expired. Chair recognizes Miss Green from Georgia for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse going? me, Hunter. Oh, Apparently, you're afraid of my words. Uh, here <laughs> He's like, let's get out of here before she pulls up a picture of my uh, my pee pee selfie again. <laughs> oh. I'd like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Burst their bubble. <laughs> wow, that's too bad. I think it's clear and obvious for everyone watching this hearing today that Hunter Biden is terrified of strong conservative Republican women because he can't even face my words as I was about to speak to him. What a coward. And this is also a coward that sat right here in front of me. Okay, now the coup de grace when Hunter Biden was leaving the situation room, so to speak, our man Ivan Raiklin had the opportunity to yell out a question to Mr. Biden. Let's go ahead and take a listen. Could you please, I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement, okay? What crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? (laughs) What kind of crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? Oh, my God, i got to get a look at Hunter's face here. Could you please, I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement, okay? What kind of crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? Let me- <laughs> Hunter's lawyer, Abby Lowell, completely ignored the question, which was asked twice, and then continued on with the press briefing. <laughs> oh, Hunter, what kind of crack do you smoke, Hunter? Uh, he smokes the kind that Marion Barry gets, I'll tell you that much. Oh, my gosh. So Hunter Biden, when he left, he snapped at the reporters. I wonder he's he called someone dangerous. And I'm trying to see if that was. uh... (laughs) okay. so as he's walking in the hall, one reporter asked Hunter about putting Joe Biden on speakerphone with his business associates. And that's what made him snap. The reporter asks, why did you put your dad on speakerphone if he had nothing to do with your business? You put him on speakerphone multiple times to talk to your business partners. This is Fox Business, uh, Hillary Vaughn. Do you have a dad? Does he call you? Do you answer the phone, Hunter said? Well, yes, Hillary Vaughn said, but why did you need to talk to him during business meetings if he had nothing to do with the business? And Hunter snapped back, you're dangerous. You're very dangerous. Isn't that funny? I just mentioned that the other day. Every time some of these people get called out, they they make this super lame excuse that, 
the words of the person calling them out are somehow putting them or their family members at risk, like there's some danger by being confronted with their own shortcomings or criminal actions. Mr. Biden, did you show up to test? Why did you show up today? Why did you put your dad on speakerphone if he had nothing to do with your business? You put him on speakerphone multiple times to talk to your business partners. Why did you why did you do that? I even said it again. He said the crack comment again in the back. I mean, you know, anybody out there, if you've ever known a crack addict, you'll know that when the craving hits, there's nothing on God's green earth that's going to stop them from getting that next hit. So I tend to believe that maybe when Marjorie Taylor Greene started speaking, Hunter's nerves just got all worked up and he needed to get to the closest bathroom as quickly as possible so he could take that next blast. Apparently, the dangerous comment was uh, only audible to the reporter. Uh, looks like uh, <laughs> looks like that was definitely a sore spot, though, because Devin Archer already blew the lid off of this whole situation when he testified to the same committee. He testified that Joe Biden was present on more than 20 phone calls with Hunter Biden's business associates. That is a lot of talking about something that's not related to business. When you're not supposed to be doing any discussing of that business. And I will take you back in time over the years. Joe Biden has said countless times over and over and over again. He never had any knowledge of Hunter Biden or his business dealings or his business partners. He never spoke to Hunter about those business dealings or with his business partners. Well, obviously, these pieces of testimony have shown that, in fact, he did. Hunter Biden has actually admitted it now. And, of course, the narrative has switched from Joe Biden not having any knowledge about Hunter's business dealings to Joe Biden not making any money off of Hunter Biden's business dealings. Although Joe Biden may not have received checks directly from Hunter Biden's business partners, Hunter Biden received those checks and then payments were made directly to Joe Biden and not just through Hunter, but through his brother as well, through his brother's wife. There were any number of ways that Joe Biden was profiting directly off of the business that Hunter Biden was doing. And there is only so far that plausible deniability is going to be able to take them. Uh, you guys, they will continue to be exposed throughout the year. I am shocked, to be quite honest with you, that Joe Biden is keeping up the pretense that he's actually running for president. I don't see 
see how that's possible. Uh, and uh, another scandal is beginning to emerge. It, it looks like we have identified more of the purchasers of Hunter Biden's crap art. Democrat mega donors. Also, of course, Hunter Biden's lawyer, Kevin Morris. Uh, these are the types of people that were spending money on Hunter Biden's art. Here he is blowing paint through a straw. Uh, and I have to believe that this is uh, some sort of uh, an allusion to his usage of cocaine because you use a straw to do cocaine. Uh, I don't know why he isn't just using a hypodermic needle. So here we have some of Hunter Biden's artwork. You know, this looks like the kind of thing that you would see on the wall at a furniture store. You know, just like uh, a bland, blasé piece of commercial art that is on the wall so that people have something to look at. But back in July, we got a report of at least two of those buyers. We had the the I, the Los Angeles real estate developer and Democrat mega donor Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali. Believe she also had relatives that were uh, taken hostage in Gaza. And then we also know. Oh, and she was also appointed by Joe Biden to a position in the administration. I wonder if her purchase of Hunter Biden's art had anything to do with that appointment. Now, eight months after Hunter debuted at his first Soho gallery opening, Joe Biden appointed this woman to the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. Uh, now, also, she's visited the White House nearly uh, more than a dozen times, and uh, she's also met with a number of Joe Biden's senior advisors. Now, we are also learning that lawyer Kevin Morris, who already paid off Hunter Biden's delinquent taxes, bought 11 pieces of Hunter Biden's artwork for $875,000. Let me just <clears throat> let me just do some math here. $875,000 divided by 11. That's uh, roughly $79,545 a piece. <clears throat> uh, that is a lot more than virtually 99% of artists make, um, you know, probably on their entire body of work. 79 grand, seven, almost 80 grand per piece. Uh, the investigators were able to speak to some people who had knowledge of the situation, uh, and they learned about the amount of money that Kevin Morris had uh, had spent. Uh, we know now the identities of roughly 70 percent uh, of the people. Well, no, I'm sorry. Hunter Biden knew the identities of individuals who purchased 70 percent of his art. 30% of that art was just purchased by random schlubs off the street. Certainly, probably individuals who are hoping to get FaceTime with Joe Biden, maybe also get a position in, uh, the, uh, the burgeoning administration. Uh, so yet another scandal. And as we are continuing to expose these scandals, we finally have word that articles of impeachment are being drafted against Joe Biden. This is being revealed by House staffers with knowledge of the situation. Sources within the House of Representatives are disclosing that congressional leaders now finally possess adequate evidence of crimes and misdemeanors to draft articles of impeachment against Joseph Robinette Biden. His residency should be coming to an end. At least it, it will in one way or another by uh, by January of next year. 
the biggest charge at the forefront of these articles of impeachment would be criminal obstruction and contempt. And that surfaces uh, surrounding the allegations that Biden coordinated with his son, Hunter Biden, in a willful defiance of the House impeachment inquiry subpoena. It all comes down to that subpoena. Can you believe it? That's what's going to go ahead and allow for the House to draft articles of impeachment that Joe Biden helped his son not show up to answer questions behind closed doors. I mean, my God, according to uh, Paul Sperry, uh, this is coming after intense scrutiny of the interactions Joe Biden has had with his son. And uh, I would say that there's a lot more that crosses that threshold of crimes and misdemeanors than simply helping him to buck that subpoena. But we know that uh, Joe Biden played an active role in advising Hunter on how he should respond to the impeachment inquiry. Uh, and that right there is also obstruction of the very process itself. So Joe Biden may likely continue to commit crimes that can summarily be added on to these articles of impeachment by the time we actually get to them. So keep your eyes open for that one. Now, Alejandro Mayorkas is finally in the crosshairs as well. Senator Roger Marshall in that House has introduced a vote of no confidence resolution as a result of the current crisis that we see at the southern border that's overwhelming metropolitan areas all across America. These sanctuary cities like Chicago and New York and the entire state of New York is uh, now overwhelmed. Both Mayor uh, Eric Adams and Governor Kathy Hochul have said in no uncertain terms, New York is full. Stop sending your weak, your tired, your huddled masses. The Statue of Liberty is closed for business. And in the case of Alejandro Mayorkas, I think that all of us could agree that he seems to have zero idea of what's happening. He is not in control of anything, much in the same way that Joe Biden doesn't seem to be in control of the United States of America. We have open air drug markets as a result of the cartel bringing these drugs across the border. Nobody seems to be doing anything. At least 11 million illegals, the vast majority of which are military aged men, people who may and are likely and are confirmed to be terrorists, suspect terrorists, people carrying disease, people carrying all sorts of communicable bugs. <clears throat> More than 300,000, 300,000, a third of a million people crossed over the U.S. border in the month of December alone. How many of those actually had contact with United States authorities. How many more beyond that 300,000 did not have contact with United States authorities? 17 illegals that are on the FBI's terror watch list were encountered in the month of November. How many more have slipped by since those 11 were actually in contact with federal authorities? Federal authorities have seized more than 14,000 pounds of fentanyl. They say illicit fentanyl, but if you find fentanyl on the street, it is going to be illicit. This is during the, this is in the Southwest during the fiscal year of 2022. They found 27,000 pounds of fentanyl in the year 2023. 3,500 pounds of illicit fentanyl were found in the first three months of fiscal year 2024. The fiscal year is different than the actual 12 months of the year. So we're on uh, record pace here, guys. We're going to find more fentanyl in 2024 than I think we found in the other years combined. So, yeah, Alejandro Mayorkas, I don't have any confidence in him. We need to get rid of this guy.
Even the Democrats are now saying that Alejandro Mayorkas might have to go because he's just simply not doing his job. Now, in the U.S. House of Representatives, Congressman Matt Rosendale is introducing articles of impeachment against Secretary Lloyd Austin for his dereliction of duty when he effed off to go get some um, uh, a prostatectomy, if you will. Uh, he took the significant step of submitting these articles against Lloyd Austin, uh, and he put out a statement via video. He said, I just dropped off the resolution of the impeachment of Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense. It is House Resolution 951 that should be assigned to committee and begin consideration so that he will have his day in court. As they say, the due process to consider and try and defend the national security problems that he has caused our country since his confirmation. In the same way that Alejandro Mayorkas has been derelict in his duties at the Department of Homeland Security, I would say that Lloyd Austin has done the same thing at the Pentagon. Now, President Trump, in discussing the ongoing litigation taking place in the appeals court surrounding his presidential immunity, he's commenting on the boomerang effect that may be felt in past administrations. People like Barack Obama might find himself criminally liable for the things he had to do or the choices he felt he had to make while he was in the office of the presidency. We've got eight years we can look at the crimes of the Obama team. Let's go ahead and take a listen. President Trump speaking after this latest hearing had wrapped at the appeals court. The former president talking today about being in court. Let's listen in even before he starts as they do the setup here. Sitting president has decided to prosecute his major opponent who's leading in all the polls in the country. The issues that the court had to deal with today were momentous. Whether or not a president of the United States could be prosecuted for carrying out his responsibilities, doing his job as president. We can't have a country where every four years there's a cycle of political recrimination where one administration attacks a prior administration when in fact that candidate is leading in the polls and will be the next president of the United States. As our legal team, as our appellate team made clear, that would be a disaster for our country. That would be a direct attack on democracy. Yeah, suicide, you're absolutely right. This is one of those big reasons. I mean, look at that memo that I showed you earlier in the show. The ripple effects would be felt too far and wide inside the federal government. There truly would be no one to perform the duties of the government at the capacity that is necessary right now. This is why I truly believe that no true justice is going to come. No true accountability is going to be felt until Donald Trump returns to office. And even if, God forbid, it's not Donald Trump, the next president to hold that office is going to have to be the one to go ahead and pick up the mantle. The people of this country demand it. I want you guys to make sure you tune in on Saturday for the interview I did with Ivan Raikland last night. We're talking about this very subject. And we spoke for a long time. He had a lot of uh, really, really insightful things to to, uh, to comment on in regards to this, uh, this subject. And that cannot happen. What was very significant today, and I'm sure you all caught it, is the special counsel conceded that if it was President Obama who was being prosecuted for a drone strike, then they'd have to consider immunity. But when it's not, when it's President Trump, then they're taking the position that there's no immunity for presidential acts 
that were required when a president is carrying out his job responsibilities. If we adopt what the special counsel wants, if we adopt what President Biden wants, then we open the Pandora's box to political prosecution after political prosecution after political prosecution. In fact, Joe Biden could be prosecuted for trying to stop this man from becoming the next president of the United States. We don't need political prosecutions. We need political process. I'd like to introduce President Trump. Well, I want to thank you all. And we had a, I a very momentous day in terms of what was learned and what they've conceded. They conceded two major points that were, uh, they were right in doing it. I don't think they had much of a choice, but they're very, very big, very powerful points. And I think we're doing very well. I think it's very unfair when a opponent, a political opponent, is prosecuted by the DOJ, by Biden's DOJ. Uh, so they're losing in every poll. They're losing in almost every demographic. Uh, numbers came out today that are uh, really very mind-boggling if you happen to be Joe Biden. And I think they feel this is the way they're going to try and win. And that's not the way it goes. That'll be bedlam in the country. It's a very bad thing. It's a very bad precedent. As we said, it's the opening of a Pandora's box. And that's a very, that's a very sad thing that's happened with this whole situation. Uh, when they talk about uh, threat to democracy, that's your real threat to democracy. And I feel that as a president, you have to have immunity. Very simple. And if you don't, as an example, if uh, this case were lost on immunity, and I did nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong. I'm working for the country. And I worked on uh, very hard on voter fraud because we have to have free elections. We have to have strong borders. We have to have free elections. Those two things, almost above all. And we found tremendous voter fraud. We have a list of it. We have some findings if you want it. The press doesn't like reporting it. But we found tremendous voter fraud, determinative voter fraud. But we worked on that. That's what I was doing. And uh, they were talking about after. Well, nothing has to do with after I left. It was during the time. And that was what they really focused on today during the appeal. And they concede that, and everybody concedes that. And if it's during the time, you have absolute immunity. So uh, we'll see how it all works out. Uh, we have uh, a great argument. We have an argument with the conceded two major points today. In fact, I think it's probably a concession. You have to ask the lawyers, Todd, if you'd like to talk about it. But they conceded two points that I think were, uh, by normal standards, if it weren't me, that would be the end of this case. But sometimes they look at me differently than they look upon others, and that's very bad for our country. Uh, you had a very big event yesterday, as you saw, in Georgia, where... The district attorney is totally compromised. The case has to be dropped. Uh, they went after, I guess, 18 or 20 people. They wanted to go after a lot of other people. They wanted to go after senators. She was out of her mind. Now it turns out that that case is totally compromised. In fact, they say she's in far more criminal liability than any of the people she's looking at. So I think that when you look at what happened, we're... They pay a lawyer with absolutely no experience, $700,000, who happens to be her lover or her boyfriend. And uh, then they go on trips and vacations together, very expensive vacations together. 
And the reason they paid him so much because he was after me. Because this way they can afford to pay him a lot more. It probably passes certain tests. And that's a very sad thing that happened in Georgia. And I would imagine that case is going to be dropped. Um, every legal analyst that I've spoken to, every legal analyst that I've read have said that case is so compromised now it has to be dropped. Uh, very good people were very badly hurt by that case. It's a shame. Very good people. People did nothing wrong. Uh, they did nothing different than what Democrats have been doing for years and years and years, whether it's slates or anything else that you're talking about. But they were very hurt, and it turns out that uh, she profited tremendously in that case. It's illegal. What she did is illegal. So we'll let the state handle that. But what a, uh, what a sad situation it is. I want to thank everybody for the fairness. We've been covered very fairly. Most people agree that uh, we're entitled as a president to immunity. If you didn't have immunity, as an example, uh, Joe Biden with the prosecutor, we're not going to give you a billion dollars unless you get rid of the prosecutor that's after, that's after the company or his son or whoever it is they're after. But he wanted that prosecutor gone, and he's on tape saying it. Or you could say the horrible job he's done at the border where our country is being destroyed. Or the horrible situation that took place. The lowest moment, I think, in the history of our country was Afghanistan, the way we withdrew. Not that we withdrew, but the way we withdrew. With, with shame, we surrendered. Uh, people killed. 13 great soldiers killed. Many unbelievably, horrifically hurt wounded, hurt, and hundreds of people died on both sides. Hundreds of people died. He could be prosecuted for that. So you can't have a president uh, without immunity. You have to have, as a president, you have to be able to do your job. But if this didn't work out, if I wasn't given immunity, then other presidents, when we talked about today, uh, President Obama with the drone strikes, which were very bad, uh, they were mistakes, terrible mistakes. Uh, you can't put a, uh, you really can't put a president in that position. So I think most people understand it, and we feel very confident that eventually, uh, hopefully at this level, but eventually we win. A president has to have immunity. And the other thing is, I did nothing wrong. We did nothing wrong. Uh, the investigation of the election, which was a rigged election, everybody knows it. And just if you just look at, they didn't use state legislatures and. They didn't, uh, they went to the FBI, and you look at FBI and Twitter, the Twitter files with the FBI, all of the horrible things, uh, FISA, the FISA court, the signed documents, uh, the lying to Congress, and the stuffing of the ballot bo boxes, all on tape. Stuffing of ballot boxes, all on tape. Government tape. And most of the information, as you know, will give you some of the findings that just came out. But all of that information, as you know, was gotten from mostly government sources, government tapes, government files, and government stats. So it's uh, very sad when something like that happens. You know, you wouldn't have inflation, but much more importantly, you wouldn't have had the Ukraine situation with Russia. You wouldn't have had the attack on Israel. You'd have a much different economy right now. You'd have a great economy. and. We would be respected all over the world the way we were just three years ago. So I want to thank everybody very much, and we, uh, we think we had a very good day today. Uh, the concession of these two major points was pretty amazing, and uh, honestly, I'm very glad they did it. I think they did the right thing. Thank you very much. Mr. Mr. President, you should...
So President Trump, obviously making a coherent and cogent argument right there, presidential immunity, as I've said on many occasions, is necessary for the office of the executive to be able to carry out their duties. Because at times, as he pointed out there with Barack Obama and the drone strikes, you know, it may have been unsavory and uh, it may have even been illegal under certain circumstances. Uh, but as president of the United States, you have to make those calls. You have to do what is necessary to be able to keep the country safe. Donald Trump did that. He was carrying out his duties when he was trying to expose the fact that the election was stolen. He was simply trying to help make sure that it never happened again. So Donald Trump has done nothing more than simply his job as prescribed by the Constitution. And the appeals court is going to be forced to recognize that. I think that he's got nothing to worry about. And I think this issue is going to be wrapped up in short order, in no time flat. All right, we're going to go ahead and end it there, guys. I want to thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us today. Let me just get the thank yous over here from the foxhole. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you very much for that cookie and gifting that bronze tier subscription, two of them. Lynn's over it just grabbed one and uh, Nikaz 808 thank you very much for the shades uh, Neo also claimed the other bronze tier subscription Sean Joe dropped another cookie thank you Tomcat says awesome show Zach thank you appreciate that thank you for being here uh, Liberty Bells thank you for the cookie Thick Ray said your sir drain yes sir drain that swamp hashtag the truth is loose and then she dropped a cookie as well Lee N63 dropped a can. Marge, thank you for the cookie. Sean Joe, thank you for the other cookie. All right, you guys, I'm going to go ahead and pass out these gold pills. And uh, the next time you see me, I'm going to be in Gart in uh, Orange County, Irvine, California. Um, there will be no show on Friday. Uh, what I had planned for you didn't pan out. But Saturday, there will be the uh, broadcast with Ivan. It will be played live on my Rumble channel, uh, so there will be a chat. Um, it, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to be there in the chat because no events are going to be taking place at that point uh, in OC. And uh, we'll go ahead and hang out together and watch that interview. You guys let me know what you think. So uh, thank you, as always, for being here. If I don't see you this weekend, uh, then I will be back Monday uh, at 5 p.m. for another episode of Red Pill News Live. So until that time, good luck and God bless. We'll see you then.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare Flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.